this morning. Um, welcome to those of you again on the live stream. Um, and those of you here in the building, those of you downstairs, those of you upstairs, great to see you. Um, let's have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same things, same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we've, we felt we'd received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Let's pray. Father, at this time and in this place and wherever we may be, Lord, would you uh, be speaking deeply to our hearts about what you want us to do personally and as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last weekend, I was uh, visiting my new parents-in-law. And uh, we were chatting about the, the pressures that we're all under at this time. And my mother-in-law said to me, uh, Jamie, uh, the key thing is this, don't lose heart, 2 Corinthians. And I said, that's amazing, because we're about to start a new sermon series at HTC uh, from 2 Corinthians, and it's called Don't Lose Heart. During this series, God, he wants to give you upside-down, uh, countercultural, life-changing wisdom by way of this, this ancient letter to the church in Corinth. And what he resoundingly wants to say to you and me is don't lose heart. So, how is your heart? Because people are saying at the moment, it's now like uh, running a, a marathon where it feels like a series of sprints, you know, as well as not knowing where the end point is too. And your heart needs endurance, it needs stamina, it needs resilience, you know, I think about the person here whose his whole industry has just been wiped out as a result of COVID. And, 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 and I don't know how he does it. But then there's the same pressures facing us, COVID or no COVID. You know, I think about a, a single mum that I know. I don't know how she does it. I think about someone who's just received a cancer diagnosis. And I don't know how she does it. And maybe your pressures are those. Maybe your pressures... Are different, but when we think about all the all the F words that Jago's been using, 
you know, fearful, uh, flummoxed, flat, frustrated. I think that for me, my heart has been all four of those things all at once many, many times. We are under huge pressure. And that's the word that Paul uses here for troubles, is the word pressure. And today I want to speak to you specifically about comfort in a time of trouble. You know, on, on one level, these past few months, uh, you've become a bit of a master in comfort, haven't you? And now that the, the days are getting as shorter and colder, it's time to, to settle down, cozy up, and make things as comfy as possible. But there is a greater comfort on offer to you, far richer, far deeper, far more powerful, a comfort that is actually full of risk. It's full of surprises, but it's full of reward. And if you view your troubles in the right way, you will find that you discover two things, that, that you discover just how big God can be in your life. But you will also really feel part of the church community here at HDC. Let me explain. In uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul, we find him in a time of trouble. He is under huge pressure. Uh, just to name a few things, he, he's almost been killed in Ephesus. The, the church in Corinth that he's writing to, they've had it in for him. And Paul, he is in deep, deep sorrow. And so how does he begin his letter? Well, in verse 3, he writes, praise be. I wonder how you react under pressure. When I'm under extreme pressure, the first two words are not often praise be. But when, when Paul is squeezed, he, he overflows with worship. Because through his troubles, he's learned just how big God can be in his life. It's a broken hallelujah. But he writes, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. I wonder, could, could you do with the father of compassion? Just like the father that runs to you that Jago was speaking about recently. This father and God who we read in verse four, he comforts us in all our troubles. Which are always gonna be a bit of a cocktail, aren't they? Of our own sin, the stuff that we get wrong, but also the, the, the pressures that are beyond our control. And, and when God, he answers these prayers for comfort. The kind of comfort that you'll find is, is more than a cushion. It's more than a, a pillow for soft landing. But it's more like deep heat in a marathon. It's a comfort that, that strengthens you. And you discover just how big God can be in your life. I mean, God, he is the, the Trinity after all, isn't he? And that's what we see here in this passage. I find it very interesting that Paul, he, he ends 2 Corinthians with the Trinity, but he also begins 2 Corinthians with the Trinity, right here in verse 3. You might be thinking, Jamie, I can see the Father, I can see Jesus there. But where's the Holy Spirit? Well, the word for comfort that comes up in this passage, not once, not twice, but nine times, that word for comfort uh, is the same root word for the, for the paraclete or the description of the Holy Spirit as the, the one who comes alongside, who, who draws near. And that's what this word comfort means. It means to invite, to, to draw near. It's, it's about closeness to God. Because the, the, the Father of compassion, the Father of compassion, he is so compassionate. He's, he cares so much about you and me and the pressures that we are under that he sent Jesus to be your savior. 
And now he sends the Holy Spirit to be your comforter, to come alongside you. He is the God of all comfort. Do you know him? I, I worry that for me, uh, I can often see my, my troubles as being something to avoid. Or worse still, something to fight, something to battle in my own strength. Or I have the option, I have the choice. I can decide that my troubles, they are a unique and a singular opportunity to discover just how big God can be in my life. I love how Eugene Peterson translates Paul in this passage. He, he writes this. It was so bad, but we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, and it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or, or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea, since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom, and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Now, is that a message that our world needs to hear right now, or what? You know, particularly that God is the God who raises us from the dead. He's done it before, and he'll do it again. And we may think, yeah, I'll take that part. Jesus paid for my sins upon the cross, ka-ching. But then if we're brave enough not to skip over other verses, we also read the strange things that, that Paul often writes in verse 5, like, just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. You may think, well, Jamie, hang on a second. Last time you spoke, you spoke on an abundance. An abundance. And, and I can get on board with an abundance of wine. You know, there's a word for that. It's called lockdown. But an abundance of suffering. C.S. Lewis wrote this. I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. Just as Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know, just a heads up. So you want to be a Christian, do you? Well, you're going to need the Bible you're going to need each other. You're also going to need a crash helmet. I don't want to give you false comfort. Jesus said, come and follow me. He says, take up your cross. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. And, and what did this mean for Jesus Christ? Well, in the garden, he was under huge pressure, wasn't he? Under pressure to the point of death. And, and before he shed blood on the cross, he sweated blood in the garden. And as he did so, Jesus, he very specifically chose not to numb the pain, but to become it for you and me. And so as we share in the suffering of Jesus, the good news for us is that Jesus, he does not offer you cold comfort. He offers you himself. And, and Jesus, he took no comfort in his time of trouble so that we can always know Jesus' comfort, his ultimate comfort for each one of us in our time of trouble. Because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So that's the first thing that we learn uh, about God's comfort in a time of trouble, is you discover just how big God can be in your life. 
The second thing is that you discover how it feels to be part of the church community here at HTC. This year, when the rubber hits the road, when the proverbial hits the fan, when pressures are beating down on you, your, your favorite Spotify playlists and your favorite podcasts, they're not going to cut it. What we see in verse 6 is that if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort. In other words, the, the kind of comfort that Jesus offers you, it's God's comfort to you, but it's also God's comfort through you. And God, he has a plan for other people's comfort. It's called the church. It's you and me. And so if you just disappear and withdraw, you're, you're cutting yourself off from one of the avenues through which God wants to pour out his blessing to you but also other people from one of the avenues through which God wants to pour his blessing to them. It's a two-way street. And we read in verse 5, Paul writes that our comfort abounds through Christ. The, the, the word for, for abounds or abundance, it means to overflow, as I was saying last time. And if you organize, if you, if you arrange your Christianity around your own comfort level, well, sooner or later, you're going to discover that you're actually not following Jesus Christ. At a, at a time when we can't do church in the way that any of us would want to, we can't be cozy and comfortable with our own personal preferences, liking church to be just so. We, we have this unique opportunity because of all the pressure. And if you, if you harness this pressure... If, if rather than opting for a, a comfortable brand of Christianity, you instead follow the way of Jesus, you take up your cross, you deny yourself, you will see God's resurrection power at work. You will find that that power is somehow not only strengthening you, but is flowing through you, which is what we see in verse 6 in, in providing salvation to others. It's, it's why... People who've just come on Alpha are so brilliant at being the very people that come next Alpha course to, to, to help. Because uh, what, what what's happening to them is they, they, they haven't yet relegated their salvation up to somewhere into the attic of their lives. They know that it's not a personal possession to, to gather dust, but it is comfort to others. You know, I really wanted to get out a flip chart this morning and make this all neat and tidy for you and show you an equation of, of how this suffering, how this comfort works. But let's face it, your pressures and my pressures, they are far more messy and real than, than any equation, any formula. You know, the, the pressures that I've had, I wouldn't go back and ask for any of them. But I also wouldn't trade the intimacy with Jesus Christ. It really is true that no pain, no gain. But those, those pressures, they have made me who I am today. And it's that comfort, that is the comfort, that is it. That is what I have to offer you today. That is the comfort that I have to pass on to you. Because, because all this, we read in verse 6, produces patient endurance. The, the verb there produces. The word produces, it's, it's better translated to, to energizing. That your comfort is not an armchair to slip into, but it's more like an engine producing energy for others. I, I find that when I uh, cycle somewhere, 
uh, when I arrive wherever I'm going, I don't feel like I've lost energy. I actually feel like I've gained energy. I sort of enter the room with a new burst of energy. And I met someone like this uh, last week for the first time. And uh, she'd come to serve at this service at the 10.15. Uh, she had come to host. And she had cycled through the absolutely bucketing rain. And I know this may seem like a light and momentary trouble, but as, as a new person to HDC, as someone who's joined us just before lockdown, she had every right to look out the window and see the rain coming down and think, I'm just going to put on my slippers this Sunday morning. But no, she endured a light and momentary trouble. She endured the pressure and she came here. And she came here to, to, to host, to welcome, to provide a space for other people's comfort for their strengthening, for their endurance. And I bet she also feels more part of the HTC community as well. I think of Amanda, who is an intern here. She uh, helps at the food bank, and, and she's had experience working with Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong with the, the street community. And she said to me this week, uh, if I'm going to help the poor, Jamie, if I'm going to help the poor, I can't do that in my own strength. So I've got no choice but to rely on God's strength. And when, when we lean into the discomfort that we see around us, we discover just how big our God is. And that's why Paul says in verse 4 that we can comfort those in any trouble. You know, even though your pressures are going to be different from the next person, you can, you can bring this comfort through your presence, through your, your words, your actions, your time, and yes, your financial giving. You know, I hope that each person here, that, that we have at least one other person, that we can be as real with them as Paul is being with these people here, that, that they can tell how we're doing just by looking at us with a face mask on, on Zoom. Because it's, you know, it's, it's really in connect groups that we find this. In, in verse 7, Paul writes, our hope in you is firm. And he talks about sharing in each other's suffering. And the description here is, is one of a steadfast partner, not a, not a fly-by-night supporter, the kind of people that you can trust in, the kind of people, just like Paul, you can be raw and real with, just how you are. And, 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 and when that person comforts you, when that person strengthens you, you can track and trace that comfort back to God, because that is how God has set us up. He gives us direct comfort, but he also uses each one of us to comfort one another. And, and in connect groups, we do more than just saying, there, there, poor you. We always do two things in connect groups. Firstly, we pray for each other's gracious favor, just like Paul does. It's the second thing we always do is we open the Bible together, those words about Jesus and who he is that provide us with the ultimate comfort, the comfort that each and every person on this planet needs. Last year in Los Angeles, I went to the center of comfort, the home of comfort. And it wasn't Hollywood Boulevard, it wasn't Beverly Hills, it wasn't the beach in Malibu. No, it, it was this simple and unassuming weatherboard house in a simple and an unassuming part of L.A. called Bonnie Bray Street. And let me tell you about a man by the name of William J. Seymour. William Seymour, he grew up in Louisiana at a time of heightened racism. His parents were slaves who were eventually freed 
and then his father fought in the Civil War for the Union Army. While he was fighting to protect the Union, he contracted an illness from which he later died. And so William, he became the breadwinner for his family as they lived at the poverty line. William, he moved to Cincinnati, he contracted smallpox, and he was blinded in his left eye. Eventually, he ended up in Los Angeles. And in 1906, he he met in this house, and he gathered a a group of people who, who waited on God for his comfort. They sought him. They sought his his holiness. And God, he poured out his Holy Spirit. And so the the modern Pentecostal movement was born with its, its countless millions of followers around the world, people whose faith has come alive because they've received God's comfort to them and God's comfort flowing through them to others. And on the wall outside this house in Bonnie Bray Street. There's the title of a song, full of meaning to a people far too familiar with suffering. The Comforter has come. The Comforter has come. He has come for you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he will use your troubles. He will use your pressures Nothing is wasted. Everything is possible when you call out to this God of all comfort and in the context of community. Don't lose heart. In Jesus' name, amen.